Well, Mary Louise McDonald, thank you so much for uh, getting together for this conversation this afternoon. Um, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you, John, very much. Hey. In Jesus Christ, though, um, Scripture says, outwardly I'm wasting away, I'm inwardly being renewed day by day. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, that's our secret of joy and peace in Christ, isn't it? Amen, it is. <laughs> well, how about if we start um, by you sharing a bit about how you came to know the Lord Jesus, a bit about okay. your personal life journey, if you would. Good. As I was thinking about this the last day or two, I I can see so clearly that there have been three very distinctive parts um, to my life. Uh, Jesus Christ is my Savior. And then 20 or 30 years later, Jesus Christ is my Lord. And then 20 or 30 years later, Jesus Christ is my life. So um, as I was brought up, I, I did attend church with my mother. My dad never attended with us, but mother was very consistent. Oh, I just loved that she was so consistent now that I look back at it. Um I knew the Bible was very special, and I knew, of course, that uh, it was uh, more than than just a history lesson, though I certainly looked on it as a younger person, as someone else's problems and someone else's story and someone else's uh, answer to prayer. But I did uh, receive Jesus Christ in my life as my Savior at about nine or ten years old. My best friend Mm. was the preacher's daughter, and I just adored her. And I knew that um, my sins were forgiven, and that was about it. I I knew about the cross, but I never did Mm. grow in my faith. I never did feed my spirit. I was, you know, in church and certainly was was a part of hearing, but my ears just were not open. And so anyhow, I grew up, went to uh, the University of Texas, met my husband. He was a uh, professional baseball player for several years, and we were very much in the world and a part of all of the, the world's activities at that time. We um, had a son and daughter, and I began teaching school after my husband retired from baseball. And uh, it was during this unique time that things really took a dramatic change because um, I had an encounter with cancer, and I was taken to MD Anderson for three months. And while I was there every day, I received radium treatments for my cancer. And I carried my Bible with me. I knew to do that much. I knew that the answer was somewhere in this book, but there wasn't anybody that had cancer in the Bible. (laughs) And there wasn't anybody that had little children and and was looking at death and but I carried that little Bible with me every day uh, to MD Anderson and I knew I needed something more 
than someone else's story. And so it, I began then this personal um, relationship with the Savior during this time. The question mark in my mind was that, well, I had never, ever known anybody that read the Bible every day. And I couldn't understand if it was such a vital part of people's lives. Why didn't I know somebody that was continuing to read it every day? But as I was in Houston uh, for my treatments every day, um, the radium treatments for the first time, my eyes definitely saw the words in the Bible. And when I returned home, the first thing I wanted to do was to get involved in a Bible study. And so a Bible study fellowship uh, was available, and I found myself just hungry and starving to answer all the questions and read everything the Bible had to say about the questions. And so I uh, went from a member into leadership uh, for years and years. And when I got into the Bible, I found truth for the first time. And it was like, I don't know that I knew that Jesus Christ was truth, but I knew what the Bible said was truth. And so I began to hunger for that truth. And in fact, just last night, I read the neatest scripture I've never seen before. I'm still learning, learning, learning. And this is 40 years later. (laughs) But in 1 John, it says, no lie comes from truth. 1 John 2.20. And I thought, wow, that is so true. You have to know truth to even begin to understand all those lies out there around you. But anyhow, I was amazed as I started studying and looking at the Bible and reading it, at the the promises in the Bible, the truths, and of course, gradually, though I didn't know it at the time, uh, my mind began to change and my thoughts and directions in life. And so gradually I began to be thinking and renewed in Christ. And I would say probably at this point that Jesus Christ had become my Lord. I was very active with DSF and very centered on Scripture. So we left the church we were in and found a church that was very centered on God's Word. So I just jumped right in there. I taught school for 10, 10, 11, 12 years. And so I just thought, well, I'm just going to teach Sunday school. And I jumped right in there with all my flesh and began teaching children in Sunday school and began working with uh, some Bible studies and was actually even baptized again at that point with my husband and was really centered on God's Word. And then there was another change in my life. And again, when it happened, I didn't even realize it. It seemed so normal. But there was an announcement in our church paper that 
God uh, brought to my attention of a lay counseling ministry that would be offered at our church by Dr. Jody Unruh, who was a friend from BSF. And it seemed like a lot of work because it was three hours of a class every Sunday afternoon and several uh, months of, I think it was five or six months that we went to this class. And so I began to become a part of this class and my goodness, God's revelation of his union with me was incredible. It was all centered on the exchange made at the cross. We studied uh, probably 12 different books and, of course, Dr. Solomon's book of the ins and outs of rejection and the Handbook to Happiness were both in that list of books to study. The advanced training was very intense, and it was very depth-filled, but I could hardly wait every Sunday to get to the class. And, of course, I began to understand that Christ had not only taken my sins, yes, he had done that, and yes, that was incredible, but I was given the gift of his righteousness. And that just blew me away. And that his identity, uh, as a result, was in Christ in me. And I was just incredibly blessed with the spiritual blessings of being chosen, uh, predestined, uh, adopted. All of these words begin to have such depth in my life. Mm-hmm. And uniquely, John, it was also at this time that I began to lose my legs because through the radium treatment, my nerve endings uh, were destroyed, and I began first with one cane, and then I needed two canes, and then I needed a walker, and eventually I needed a wheelchair to get around in. But it was during this this time that God was revealing all of these incredible truths, and when I read Galatians 2.20 that I had been crucified with Christ. Now, I didn't live anymore. Christ lived in me. And the life that was in my body was through faith in the Son of God. So, Scripture just went, it seemed like a whole depth deeper as I began to explore the revelations of a whole new realm, as I was losing everything around me, he was filling me with this unbelievable spiritual realm of his life in me and my life in him. I was absolutely through Romans 6. Uh, in him at death, and I was in him at his burial, and I had been resurrected. And so I was blown away. 
he was in me, I was in him. What a union we were. And then I began that process of seeing the two of us everywhere I went. And now that I'm mainly at home all day, I began to see the process of really enjoying being out of the world. I loved uh, Colossians 3, 3 and 4, of course, is another scripture for you died. Your life is hidden in Christ, in God. Mm -hmm. So that went a whole nother depth deeper that I was in Christ, but I was also in God. And so the more I surrendered, the more I yielded my legs that were no good, the more I yielded uh, my understanding of that position in Christ, I became more and more complete and whole. And, of course, this new resource that I live from every day is unbelievable to me. I can hardly wait to get up in the morning asking the Lord to show me where it is that I'm going to see him in the day, where it is that I'm going to feel his touch where it is that I'm going to hear his voice say something to me. And it has given me just the most amazing opportunity to do unbelievable things. Initially, when I uh, finished my study, I did begin to teach one-on-one and to counsel with people one-on-one. And when I lost my legs, uh, Dr. Unruh said, you know, you can, you can counsel in your home. And so they, I could hardly wait to hear somebody knock at my door. And I didn't have to go out and look for somebody. I mean, I, it was just God. I just said, God, you know, I'm here. And you have equipped me. And just send me whoever it is that I can share these truths with. So I began counseling, and, of course, what absolutely blew me away was that each counseling session, I watched God do the unbelievable. In the midst of hurt and pain and indecision, I watched God step in and just through Scripture reveal himself and watched him create a situation that was absolutely destroying a person to the amazing victory that there truly was because of the exchange. So God worked and Still today, I watch in amazement at what he is doing around me. I come home from church every Sunday with four, five, six names of people that are discouraged, that are hurting, that need help. And I'm just amazed at what he continues to do in my life, though there is 
not a thing that I feel like I can do since I'm so physically unable to do so much. But I love uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.24. The one who calls you is faithful. And he, he, he will do it. (laughs) So praise God how I thank him for his persistence, his patience, his desire to stay right there until I met a, a need, a deep need. And I think about that a lot because with my children, with my grandchildren, I know that I have to wait until they need the Lord. They cannot take my faith and my love for my Lord and Savior, but that I can wait for that time in their lives when they need a Savior and praise the Lord. He will be there, and I can just pray. Lord, continue, continue to work in your life what it is that they need and not be all uptight and all uh, fearful and all ways asking, protect them, keep them safe, don't let this happen, don't let this happen. (laughs) But I can truly release to the Lord each family member and each loved one and praise him because he is the incredibly faithful Lord who is going to do what he has promised to do. So I thank you, John, for the opportunity. (laughs) Well, Mary Mary Louise, it's so encouraging to hear your testimony and um, your salvation as a young girl, your uh, commitment to search the scriptures, going through those uh, difficult days um, in the hospital with cancer treatment, knowing that God's word had the answers, even though you need to pretty much search it out on your own. Finding that that uh, revelation of Christ's lordship in your life, and I think the commitment to Bible study certainly prepared the way for your your lay counselor training with with Judy yes, Judy Unruh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, the counseling, which I wasn't even thinking about going into counseling. I don't even know where that came from, except through Bible study. I began to see that a lot of girls were sharing things with me or wanting to come to the house, you know, and talk to me. So I kind of saw that there might be something that the Lord wanted uh, for me to do there, but it wasn't anything that I planned at all, but it was definitely where the the, uh, depth, yes, the exchanged life, the beauty of Romans 6, because we spent a month studying Romans 6 and 7 and 8, I think, and it was just unbelievable. So anyhow, God is faithful. He will not let any of his children uh, miss what he has for them if we will get out of ourselves and 
I think I told you I love that first sentence in uh, a book that I've been reading that says, It is not about you. (laughs) What a great sentence. We think life's all about us until we're 30 or 40 or 50. (laughs) That's that's a fundamental observation, isn't it? It is. Mary Louise, one of the themes that we've talked about in previous conversations is, uh, is our identity in Christ and and I think in your family, there was identity as a professional athlete. There was identity as as a mother, as a school teacher. And uh-huh, sometimes uh-huh. people even identify themselves with their physical infirmities. Um, okay. How has your identity in Christ helped you through your tough times? Physical infirmities, well, it was such an incredible uh, understanding that I knew the Bible had the answer. And I think if you will move past thinking about your affirmities, stop thinking about the aches and the pains and the things that are going wrong, and instead put Jesus Christ in those places and use uh, your mind. It goes back to Romans uh, 12, too, where you renew your mind and you don't dwell on those things that Satan wants to pull you down into. But instead, you stay renewed in Christ. And it's not to say that you don't ever express those those hurts and pains to Christ. Of course, I've wept and cried about things to the Lord. But I don't stay there. I know that the answer is much bigger than what I can see. And with his perspective, there is a much broader answer than anything I could ever have. So it definitely is all about him and what he desires and what his perspective is in our lives. Well, one of the other themes, uh, Mary Louise, that um, I wanted to ask you about um, has to do with your personal ministry uh, with with the team there with Judy Unruh and then at your home. Um, I've seen over the years that, that some personal ministry is more care-oriented where we come alongside someone, we listen, we pray with them, and that's certainly fine and appreciated. Right. Other types of personal ministry is more the teaching. This is, this is a Bible lesson. This is biblical information. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. of course, there's a place for that. How How would the ministry model that you were trained to use and that you used based on Galatians 2.20, how would that go beyond just the care oh, and the gosh, information? It was, it was totally. The first two sessions alone, usually I'd spend uh, two months with a, with a girl, and the first two sessions, of course, were listening sessions. And we would go back through her life, and, of course, I was listening for Dr. Solomon's rejections. And so then once I had a full history, then I filled out a diagram of their life and how that they began searching for answers as a result of those rejections and uh, presented that to them. Then I went right into, of course, the exchange, and that took two or three sessions just to walk through what the exchange was and now, this was all through my uh, advanced counseling ministry that I was able to um, have diagrams and talk through that exchange.
it happened to read scripture together. And then I would spend a session or two on uh, forgiveness and spent a session or two on uh, the renewed mind. And then specifically, whatever the situation was, I would go into marriage and how God designed marriage, or I would go into whatever the specific problem was uh, toward the end. So that was that was kind of the sequence of things that were laid out through this advanced uh, lay ministry that I took. And it was just a beautiful diagram of, um, yes, caring and praying together, but it, they had very specific assignments each week of what to read and what to look at and what to think about and to come back with to show me. So I'll tell you, forgiveness, boy, that one, I had, they were on the floor just bawling sometimes because I'd have them, of course, find one or two people that or three that they needed to forgive, and then I wanted them to go through and write down everything that that they'd been hurt as a result of that. And then when they came back to the counseling session, well, I would ask them to go with me into forgiveness and to pray through each one of the things they had written down that they were so angry, that they were so hurt, that they were so mad. And so, you know, the, the sessions were all geared around the exchange life and what it meant to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, anyhow, well, they... Well, well, that's just that's just music <laughs> music to our ears to, <laughs> to just walk with you through, through the heavenly logic of this yeah. process of hearing yeah. their story helping them understand their version of the flesh, helping them understand what Galatians 2.20 can and should mean in their lives, helping them reckon it to be personally true, and then to deal with uh, the impediments like unforgiveness. How exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Amen. It's incredible. And, you know, sometimes when they leave, I just weep because, I see God. I am not anything. I'm just sitting there listening. But God revealed through incredible ways Himself, and it is it is such a uh, freeing. I mean that that freedom in Christ, and that's a session too. I do a lot of times if they are really bound up into. Still hearing mothers say you never do anything right and you never could. And so all those messages they heard as children, and they are still bound up in all of those messages or all that guilt and shame, you know, a session on our freedom in Christ. We are free to let him control life. Amen and amen. (laughs) And it makes it so much easier to live life. And we know he is orchestrating the details. Well, it must have also blessed and encouraged your heart to see the Lord use his grace and truth in the hearts of people that that came. And uh, you must have some good stories from over the years to rejoice in. Oh, man. Amen. And, and even John, my husband, and my close 
family members, and I just am amazed at his work, and it's it's all him. We have some people that may be listening to this that think, well, I don't know if I could help people who are stuck in serious problems because I don't have a Ph.D. in psychology or okay. I'm not a state-licensed counselor. Yes, um, yes. Could you say a word, Mary Louise, about how God wants to use believers to help each other? Anyone that has truth, they cannot keep from sharing. They may try. They may try, and they may have, you know, those reasons that they can't do it. But there's no way that they can keep, and God will bring the opportunity. I mean, it'll open right in front of you, and it's like, oh, this is it. This is the time when he wants me to share this. And so it is so incredibly true that there is nothing that he is going to ask you to do that you cannot do. And as you begin to see little by little, yes, I can share this, or yes, I can tell, then you begin to have more and more confidence in him, that he's the one that's going to come up with the thoughts. Yes, I do have a basic program, but I never know each and every individual person. And that's what's exciting about it is that they're each totally different. And God alone knows each and every individual. And so it's total dependence on him, and he rejoices when we are totally dependent on him. So he's going to bring it, the opportunity, and you're not going to be able to keep truth that you have learned within yourself and what an incredible thing it is to see him get all the praise and all the glory and you just weep with joy at what he has done and that complete Mm -hmm. dependence that you have on him because no, I can't do it and no, you can't do it (laughs) and no, we don't know enough and we can't study enough and we can't memorize everything that we need to memorize. But he knows, and he will use you right where you are. What an encouraging uh, blessing, Mary Louise. It reminds me of that verse in Second Corinthians that our sufficiency is not in of ourselves, right, because we're inadequate, but our sufficiency yes. is yes. of the Lord. And, and how you shared about your own personal journey, you, you referred earlier about mm-hmm. knowing Christ as as Savior, and then later coming to know him more fully as Lord, and then Uh eventually coming to know him as life. And so really we're looking for informal and sometimes formal opportunities to share out of that relationship and cooperate with the Holy Spirit to see that struggling friend that's come to us to help Uh them appropriate Christ as Savior, Lord, and life, and to keep that Christ-centered perspective, right? Amen. Yes, yes, yes. It is. It's really exciting and it gives life the most unbelievable purpose maybe but even more than purpose it just gives life every day for me i am so excited 
about a phone call that I'll get or a card I'll get in the mail or like I'm fixing to call vacation Bible school counselors to help the children with their decisions. And so, you know, it just it goes on and on and on and on because God is going to use you with the insights and the wisdom, the love that he has poured into you. Amen, sister. You know, you started out with that verse from 2 Corinthians 4, 16, that although our outward person, our physical body, uh, is Wasting has its infirmities and is aging, uh-huh. <laughs> but our inner man, hallelujah, right. is being renewed day hey. by day. We can sure hear that vitality in your voice and your testimony. Oh, and, this is uh, 77 years old, and I'm just still so excited every day about what Christ mm-hmm. is going to do. And, you know... John, I love the first thing when I wake up in the morning to first go through probably about 15 names for the Lord of who he is because it's all about who he is. It's more than what he does. Mm-hmm. He is El Shaddai. He is Elohim. He is Shalom. He is these incredible words. He's a jealous God that desires to be with us. He's jealous for our time. I just can't imagine that he desires. And then I always, after I worship and praise him, go to the cross and just cling to the cross. And, John, I actually see his blood covering my mind, my eyes, my ears so that I can here, all the way down my body, I go with each part cleansed in Christ. And then I take the incredible life of the Holy Spirit and see myself dressed again. Every part of me, my toes, my legs, my knees, every part fills with the life of Right, all the way to the top of my head. <laughs> and I love dressing uh, in Christ and the, the whole concept of the Trinity being there because we have to have all of it. <laughs> we have mm-hmm. to have the cleansing. We have to have Jesus Christ, but we need the life, the Spirit in us, the life of Him in us. And so just that beautiful picture each morning is such an incredible blessing to me. I really, and I don't even know why I got off on all of this. <laughs> it's it's a glimpse of your devotional life, um, Mary yeah. Louise. And Scripture talks about abiding in Christ. We yield to Him. We trust Him. We have that fellowship and prayer and the Word which is not just going through a set of spiritual disciplines, but it really is an intimate abiding relationship, which you've just given a glimpse of what that's like in your personal journey, which is so encouraging. To call and let me share this, John, and, you know, we've talked about it for I don't know how many months and months and months, and you were faithful to follow through, and I appreciate that too, and appreciate Mm -hmm. your ministry more than I can tell you as I read and pray and follow, I feel like, you know, I'm such a part of everything you do because when you are praying for people, 
well, you are there. I mean, I just every day have the people on that day that are having surgery, that are going to Timbuktu, that are going to be, you know, so-and-so. So anyhow, thank you for letting me share with you all of the ways that you faithfully and uh, obediently follow the incredible abiding of Christ in you. Well, thank you for that blessing, Sister. Your intercession and uh, affirmation is much appreciated. Um, You're welcome. And welcome. We had three three counselees today in different different ways, either here or over over telephone or Skype. And God's working in the life of each one in ways that mm-hmm. that you've described too from your journey. But I think some who listen to this testimony will want to to move forward and being equipped and and to share the message of Galatians 2.20, Christ living through us in a problem-solving process with people. And Mary Louise, would you just close in prayer for us and maybe just pray for those that may hear this testimony that God would lead them forward in their their personal testimony and in their, their outreach to others. Father, you are so much more than we can even begin to grasp. And I just praise you for those who are beginning the journey of understanding, of living, of stepping into something that is all about you. And I just come with John, Lord, right now to the foot of the cross. And I lay each and every person who is touched by this incredible message of your life in me and my life in you, in God, as a union of one, how we pray that you would take each and every individual that only you know and that only you have plans for. And Lord, just use them to bring unbelievable insight into more of you and to praise and glory to your name. Father, you are, you are the God of the universe. And though we cannot understand that in each of these personal lives, you are going to make a difference. And I just praise you that there will be opened eyes, opened hearts, and opened minds new things that are truth in your word and pray for your incredible use of each and every one in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, <laughs> and thank amen. you. Thank you, Lord, for Dr. Solomon and for Kathy and for all of those that are out there every day still continuing to reach out. Well, thank you so much again, Mary Louise. God bless you and your family, and so good to visit with you today. Thank you, thank you. God bless you.